0: Hey, it's Sean Fennessy. We've got something special cooking on the Prestige TV podcast. I'll be recapping one of my favorite shows, HBO's Barry, every Sunday night with the writer-director star of the show, The Great Bill Hader. We'll talk about the show's wild twists and turns, its special brand of dark comedy, and how it all came together. So on Sunday nights, immediately after a new episode airs, you can hear Bill and I break it all down on the Prestige TV pod. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, it is Thursday, April 28th, and I'm still coming at you from the Augustus Ballroom in the Caesars Palace Resort in Las Vegas. I'm here for the CinemaCon movie theater convention, hearing a bunch of studio presentations on all their big movies. Today, we saw a full screening of Top Gun Maverick, which I got to say was excellent. Uh, I know I am the target demo for this, but um, I I laughed, I cheered, I maybe even cried a little. Craig, it's going to be good. You're going to like it.
0: I'm getting excited.
1: All right. Today, we are not talking about CinemaCon or upcoming movies. Today, we're talking about another interesting topic that's come up recently in the TV world. And it's something that I always think about. You know, it's weird. Having been a litigator in my previous career people will often say to me, like, so who has a case here? What's What's gonna Who's going to win in this case if something comes up in the news? Right now, it's obviously Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, which I have no idea about. And if I was on that jury, I would absolutely tell both of them to shut up and go home and not bring this into my courtroom and waste my time. But that's a separate topic. Lately, a bunch of people have been asking me about this Jerry West case. So it's not a case yet. It's just a, a threat. But Jerry West, who is a NBA legend and godfather of the lakers he is portrayed in shall we say a not very flattering way in the new hbo show winning time Um, it's excellent i've been watching it but he's pissed and he fired off a letter at hbo basically saying if you don't retract this portrayal i don't know what that quite means but if you don't retract this portrayal you are going to get sued and so people have been asking me, so does he have a case? Today, uh, as I often do when people ask me these things, I look to the actual legal expert on these issues, Eric Gardner, who used to work with me at Hollywood Reporter and has now joined me at the new company, Puck. We're going to have it out. We're going to talk about whether Jerry West has a case against HBO. I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Eric Gardner. Eric, I've been walking around Vegas this week, and more and more as the NFL draft approaches, I keep seeing a bunch of NFL jerseys. I do not, however, see any old-school Rams jerseys, and you are a lifelong Rams fan, having never lived in either Los Angeles or St. Louis, which is something that I will always find
2: bizarre. That's correct, and I, I... uh, don't expect there to be many Rams fans since they don't have that many picks, yeah, at least in the first couple of rounds.
1: That's true. Although I heard Sean McVeigh was throwing some party, but I'm clearly not invited to that.
2: Neither was I, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> so Eric uh, has covered the legal entertainment world. Uh, sorry. So Eric has covered the entertainment law world for a long time now. He and I have worked at the Hollywood Reporter for years. And we are now working together at Puck. And he wrote an interesting piece this past week about the Jerry West HBO situation. And I wanted to bring him on to talk about that because it's something that comes up all the time. More people who are portrayed in these, you know, ripped from the headlines uh, shows that are proliferating on TV, whether it's the WeWork show or the Theranos show or the Uber show or in this case, the Lakers show. These are real people many of them are still alive and they are out there watching this depiction of themselves and often they are pissed. So I'll ask you straight up, does Jerry West have a case against HBO? I,
2: I really don't believe so. I think that there's so many hurdles for him to get past. Um, you know, first of all, courts in these cases from the Wolf of Wall Street to, to feud to, to straight out of Compton have, have largely concluded that filmmakers have huge First Amendment rights to fictionalize. The only way that a plaintiff can win is if there's something that's outrageously false, and furthermore, the the filmmakers have to, to almost intend to have have denigrated the reputation of, of the real life person. And you know, I just don't see it here. I you know is as unflattering as the portrayal may be. It's it's very broad. You know, throwing throwing a trophy. Uh, out the window i mean yeah it doesn't look great but come on i, I mean he's he's in his mid-80s he's he's retired it's not going to cost him one dollar and and honestly the the one you know the worst thing that the that the uh show portrayed about him was the fact that he didn't want magic johnson the my favorite line in in, in the cease and desist letter is it, the retraction letter is that all he did was point out that Sidney Moncrief was a prolific scorer and that they should consider him in the draft. Um, sure. Of course, you know, bypassing uh, one of the greatest players in NBA history that that really is the, 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 the thing that made him look bad. Not, not necessarily that, that he was a rageaholic. Right. And, you know, as we have seen,
1: and, and this has been out there, the author of the book, Jeff Perlman, who, who is, you know, the show is based on his book. He put it out there that in his own biography, Jerry West said that he had rage issues and that he hates Christmas and all these other things that indicate he's kind of not that great of a guy. So, you know, people just don't like seeing that. But you mentioned the case recently where Olivia de Havilland, the actress uh, who was you know famous for many reasons in Hollywood, but lived to be in her hundreds. She was depicted on the Ryan Murphy show Feud by FX, and she didn't like the way she was depicted. She said it They took dramatic license and turned her into somebody that she wasn't, and she sued, and she lost. But there is a Netflix case that is different, that is at least in the interim phase has gone the other way. Explain a little bit about that.
2: You yeah, the show is Queen's Gambit, and uh, what the show—it's um, a largely fictional show. But but there was one moment in the show that it referred to uh, a, a former Soviet chess player who who apparently is still living, and she has this long, complicated name that I'm unfortunately I'm not going to try. But the but the, the the series said that that this woman had never faced a man in tournament, and it wasn't true. And she said it was sexist, and she sued, and the judge is allowing the case to move forward. Uh, the judge basically says it, in the book it, it it didn't say that, so the filmmaker basically ignored uh, the book, and that might add up to actual malice. Netflix is facing that case. They're also facing another case over uh, Ava DeVernay's, uh docu series about the Central Park Five, and uh, you know, and and the prosecutor in that old case is coming forward. In fact, you know, who which media company? is facing the most libel suits right now it's not the new york times it's not fox news it's actually netflix so Mm. it does it does show that you know uh, these lawsuits are to come and, and they come pretty frequently and sometimes they do get past initial hurdles uh but all that being said i don't think anyone's gonna sweat it i don't think netflix is sweating it i don't think hbo is sweating it right right now um i think you know even if um, Jerry West managed to survive a, an initial motion to dismiss, and it went to trial. Uh, I, I, I think Jerry West would have trouble showing one dollar worth of damage here. So
1: that's the interesting thing. Yeah. There are two issues here: whether they have a claim, and this is a defamation claim potentially. Correct? Is there any any other
2: claims there? Defamation and false light, and false light is kind of like a privacy thing where you have to show that a, a reasonable viewer was outraged by the depiction. But, but yeah, those would be the two, two main claims. I, I don't think that- I was
1: uh, I was outraged by having to watch Jerry West have sex in the first episode. That was pretty outrageous to <laughs> me. Um, but the, no, I, that is a very difficult one. But then there's the second question of whether there are any damages. Because in every defamation case, this is what we're seeing in the Pirates of the- This is what we're seeing in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case right now, is what are the damages? You know, You may have said something false about me, but did it actually cause you to suffer damages? And in that case- they're arguing about whether, uh, you know, whether Johnny Depp lost work because of this Amber Heard op-ed and whether he was kicked off of Pirates of the Caribbean 6 because of that op-ed. And they're, they're doing that because that is a tangible payday that he would have had. And I think it's going to be very difficult in that case to show that this one op-ed led to him being dropped by that movie, even though his agent, former agent, testified to that. And similarly, in this case, as you mentioned, Jerry West is in his 80s. He's had his career. He's you know, he's done great things even after the Lakers. Um, maybe it damages his legacy, which is valuable. He is the logo still. But I just don't know that you
2: can show that this actually caused him monetary damages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in libel law, the dead people can't sue because they have no reputation left to uh, protect. And while Jerry West is not dead yet uh he is in his <laughs> mid 80s and i don't think anyone's hiring him um so so yeah it's a uh, it, 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 he might be upset about his depiction but it, you know it, it, he really doesn't have much of a good case here
1: i mean isn't he still a consultant to the lakers though isn't he isn't doesn't he have some role with the team craig would probably know better than us but um but i i know he is he does still do stuff um, but I don't think anybody is going to fire him because of this show. I mean, the Lakers have come out in opposition to the show. They don't like it. Magic Johnson doesn't like it. Kareem definitely doesn't write it. He you know, had a whole op-ed talking about how awful the show is. Um, oh, Craig reminds me that, that Jerry West is actually with the Clippers right now. But I don't think the Clippers is going, the, the Clippers are not going to fire him because of this.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, his his own uh, retraction letter has testimonials from from his colleagues. So he's already showing that no one believes it. So, uh, you know, that that's part of the problem for him.
1: I mean, HBO is walking this weird line, though, because they are saying that they, you know, diligently researched this and it's, you know, been factually vetted and, you know, they're confident in the accuracy, but at the same time, they're also saying this is a work of fiction. There's a big disclaimer at the end that scenes and sequences and characters have been dramatized and, you know, they're kind of trying to have it both ways. And I think in this heated landscape where there is so much scrutiny on the press and what the press does these rip from the headlines type shows are going to get a little bit more scrutiny i think in the future i mean hbo alone is working on a show about cheryl sandberg you know at facebook and i'm sure she may have objections to how she is depicted in that kind of a show so this is a genre that's really growing and i think these these networks are thinking about the
2: real life people more do you get that sense yeah, and I think that makes an important point. I think that the larger networks and the larger stu- studios can can kind of shoulder the, these risks. They can see, you know, a retraction letter and say, okay, um, you know, have at it. But I think a lot of the smaller production companies might be deterred from, from doing one of these based on true event stories uh, because, because of the heightened risk of, of being dragged into court. Whether it's uh, a good case or not, you know, some, some of these cases can cost you know, millions of dollars to defend. And if you're a small production company, that's just a, a no-go. Uh, I'm sure this might lead to higher insurance premiums across the industry as well. So there, there are certainly costs um, to, to this sort of thing. But there's also benefits. I mean, HBO is sort of milking this debate
1: and getting into the press every day to generate buzz for the show. I mean, and they are saying that the viewership for winning time keeps going up each week. And I'm betting that people like Jerry West and Kareem and all these other people coming out against it are at least fostering a conversation that leads to higher ratings. I mean, HBO knows this. I mean, they they did the Michael Jackson documentary with the accusers and they knew going into that they didn't tell the estate that they were doing it, the, the Jackson estate. They just dropped the movie at Sundance and then all of a sudden it was going to be on HBO a few weeks later. They knew they were going to get sued by the Michael Jackson estate and they just said this is a cost of doing business. We will stand by the filmmakers and we will defend that suit. And it was a very, very costly suit.
2: Yeah, I, I think this speaks to maybe not doing the whole binge model where you drop all at once. You know, you slowly release it. And even if it's controversy, at least uh, people are talking about it. Uh it's kind of like the Streisand effect here where, you know, an attempt to censor just blows up and, you know, people, you know, <laughs> want to see it, want to see what it is they're they're complaining about. Um, get some context here. Well, we just did a whole podcast episode talking about it. So hopefully that will help
1: people tune into winning time. Um Eric, while I've got you, I think people here at CinemaCon in Vegas are talking about this whole Olivia Wilde situation where she was served with custody papers on stage during a presentation in front of 4,000 people. Um, Everybody's outraged. Everybody's saying it's a bad look for Jason Sudeikis. My reaction was the opposite. This is what process servers do. They find places to serve people and it may not be
2: a good look, but it's also not out of the ordinary, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is not the first time I've heard of of someone on stage being served, and especially in Hollywood, when you have security and got to get get past gates and everything like that. Although, is there a, an alternative approach to serving a celebrity? Well, I, I've also heard of people getting served on social media. So uh, maybe, maybe uh, as Elon Musk hunts for a new ways for revenue for Twitter, he can uh, uh, start charging people to to serve. Um,
1: like you get like hey like slide into your DMs to serve you exactly
2: you know in, that, a, do jurisdictions allow that in, in 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 time instances where there's no alternative way uh judges have allowed uh serve uh, serving papers through social media but here i don't think it's a big deal yeah yeah she it, it interrupted her and everything like that but you know it's basically just getting handed a, a bunch of envelopes I, I don't really see that big of a deal here
1: and I saw it happen, and she played it very cool, and just kind of took it. I think she thought initially it might have been a script or like a fan <laughs> giving her a script. Um, but now, you know, now the conference is getting all attention for you know the lack security, and I think after Will Smith, people are afraid of what might happen on stage. But it was a pretty mellow event.
0: Does Sadekis he doesn't decide exactly how she is served, right?
1: No, the lawyer doesn't either. The lawyer hires a process server. And the process server has a job to serve the person that they want served, and they figure out a strategy. And with celebrities, it's very difficult because you can't just go knock on their door usually. So it kind of has nothing to do with Sedacus. Exactly. No, and he and and I am told he didn't know about it, and he he put out a statement saying he didn't know about it. I, and I heard that was that was truthful. I mean, if he knew, he wouldn't have done it because it's a bad look. All this stuff that it was vindictive or whatever. Like, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, All right. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for joining us. You are a writer at puck and you wrote a great piece about this Jerry West uh, issue. So if you, if you want to know more about that, go to the puck.news website and you can read Eric there. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All right. I'm back with the call sheet, my daily prediction. And today, Craig, it happened. I saw Top Gun Maverick this morning. Wow. It was great. It was, it was an experience, thirty-five years in the making. That, as we've we've talked about on the show before, that I am in the wheelhouse for this movie, so I, I feel like I have kind of a blind spot. But uh, I talked to a high-level executive at Paramount, and uh, he's a fan of the show, and he said his goal is to get you and Lucas to be very interested in this movie. So, are you interested yet?
0: Yes, I am interested in Top Gun. I'll see it. There's just there's not a lot of movies like it coming out, so I will definitely see it. But like, is it the most important thing in the world? no
1: so i am going to go out on a limb here i previously predicted on simmons show and elsewhere that this would be the biggest opening of tom cruise's career not adjusted for inflation uh that would be 68 million i am now going to say because the movie is good and it delivers and they will do a great job selling it and tom cruise is about to do a premiere on an aircraft carrier in san diego so uh i am predicting that this will get to between 80 and 90 million it's opening weekend for the three day and actually for the four day holiday i'm gonna say it's gonna get over hundred.
0: because it's memorial day weekend right
1: memorial weekend and so they'll have four days i think it'll blow away all of tom cruise's previous movies
0: how much do you think when a movie comes out factors into how successful it is
1: oh hugely hugely dating is so important
0: because i get you want to do it like summer blockbuster time people times when people have days off thanksgiving holidays stuff like that but like do you think there's any part of it where if the movie's really good, it'll find a way to be successful no matter what? I mean, sometimes, but
1: honestly, it it, it matters more about the competition. Yeah, right. What you're up against and what your second weekend is. Um, so Studios
0: you know. will move release dates, right, if they find out that another huge movie's coming out at the same weekend?
1: Yeah, it just happened. Um, the Avatar trailer dropped, and then Shazam 2 moved to the weekend after.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> Shazam. Shazam was not going to fuck around <laughs> with Avatar.
0: Run as far away as you can, Shazam. Yeah. I don't know what his powers are, but use them. That is a franchise that
1: has passed me by.
0: Same. So back to Top Gun. Who's the biggest winner in this movie?
1: You know, what I was actually thinking about that. Might be John Ham. Wow. John Ham is excellent. He plays kind of the, like, you know, disapproving commander who brings Maverick in reluctantly. And then, you know, it has to be proven that he's right. But he's excellent. Like, he's John Ham. He has a great, he has a great, very uh, Don Draper-esque moment in the movie. And I loved it. I'm just, this movie is made for me.
0: Tough beat for Glenn Powell. I feel like everyone's trying to make Glenn Powell a megastar and it's just not happening.
1: Yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but definitely, Miles Teller is definitely the second star of this. I, I previously thought that Glenn Powell would be the, the big breakout, but it's, I mean, Miles Teller isn't really a breakout, but he is definitely the number two in this movie. Also, Jennifer Connolly, Nice to see her back. Sure. They did not go with Kelly McGillis. Um, I don't want to say anything mean about her, but she was not asked back. They, and there are some other surprises in the movie that I don't want to give away.
0: Can you give away one thing? Did they sing, You've Lost That Love and Feeling?
1: Um, they did not. However, there is another musical cue from the oh. first movie that is in this one. There's also some uh, shirtless sports on the beach, but it is not... Volleyball. They they opt for football on the beach this time.
0: That's a smart move. I think that's probably the best for a sport to just to film with a bunch of guys. It's you can kind of cheat it, make everybody look somewhat athletic. A lot of quick Although cuts. There's
1: a there's a lady pilot this time. There's a it's Top Gun is not just for dudes anymore, and she is invited to the shirtless beach uh, football scene, and she wears a tank top. Okay,
0: good. That's good. Yeah, that would have been weird <laughs> <laughs> if everybody was shirtless. They're like, sorry, that's the rules
1: here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, she's great. The whole cast is great. Big, big thumbs up for me. We'll see what the actual critics say. I'm not a critic, but I am in this wheelhouse of this movie. So my prediction, Top Gun, Maverick, going to blow away box office, going to blow away Tom Cruise's record.
0: If I can get a ticket opening weekend, I'll be there.
1: All right. I want to thank Eric Gardner for showing up and talking about Jerry West. I want to thank producer Craig Morbeck, and I want to thank you. We will see you next week.